This is an unconventional life. A jump cut podcast talking to people that live outside the norm. The weirdos and freaks. The risk takers and visionaries. We explore the lives you know you want and the jobs you never knew existed. We ask our guests how they achieve their unconventional life and how they thrive without a scheduled 9 to 5. I'm Samuel Donner, and today on the show, we talk to Kurt Ritchie and learn how he went from having intense social anxiety from any type of conversation to making a living by talking to a camera. This story is a little different from our previous ones because we've interviewed Kurt while the YouTube algorithm is screwing him. Usually, YouTubers get interviewed when they're being hand-fed views like an obese baby, but I'm really interested to peer into the mindset of someone who is getting screwed over and doesn't know why. We'll learn how Kurt went from this. I remember the day when it like really blew up and I was like screaming and running around the house. <laughs> I was like, you let's go. We did it, baby. This is it. To how he went to this. I was really at a loss because I'm like, man, I thought I like made it. You think you're done, but you're not. Okay, so Kurt didn't have much going for him immediately. He wasn't exactly living in the most exciting area. Bumfuck Ohio. I uh, love it. Yes, there's nothing in Ohio, so I really had to work with what I had, man. <laughs> and he didn't have much of a social life. I was just always the biggest nerd. Living in a boring area and not having many friends, Kurt had to do something to pass the time. So he delved into his hobbies. So when I wasn't like sleeping or masturbating, <laughs> I was like watching YouTube and that stuff like always resonated with me. Like Swoozy, Ray William Johnson, uh, back when like the world was less PC. I just love the idea that, oh shit, you could just like talk and people listen and care. That's wild. So I, I was always like a big YouTube guy. Like as the nerd, you always had like that group of people you connect to. But it's one of those secret things where like if people knew, I like watched anime, <laughs> I'd be like an outcast. Especially as the black dude who's like not the most hood dude, but I'm not <laughs> white. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, like I was always like in this gray area, you know, of not being able to fit in. I don't know. I saw YouTube as like a, definitely as like an outlet to just throw myself into the void, which if you think about it, probably is a worse idea because if they didn't accept me, why would I just, all right, well then I'll just throw it out there and someone else will. Kurt had been watching these YouTubers for a while. So when he was around 11, he got inspired to the point where he thought, I want to do this too. Because I'm a child, I'm thinking, well, you just talk to the camera. So I busted out my mom's ranky, janky ass little laptop with the terrible webcam. And I just said things and just like hope for the best. And I, and I post them to the internet. I don't remember what I said, and I don't think I want to remember what I said. <laughs> it's Anything, physically blocked. No, no, twelve-year-old should have access to the internet. <laughs> all right, <laughs> like period. Especially not be able to post videos of themselves yeah. on there. But I, I posted those, and then obviously they didn't do anything. But then I was like, man, they got to go bigger because it's not, it's not working like I want it to. What did you expect to happen? Was there any expectation of like? Oh yeah, it was like a million views. <laughs> I was like, the dude, I'm gonna post. It was like it was. It was like post it's a, it immediately. Yeah, it was gonna grant it a million views. If not, it's a failure. What did what? For real? Like on God, I was like, bro, like I it's like the make video button and then we made it. Like ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the I'm hardest part is behind us. Yeah. I recorded myself what more nah, could there obviously be? Obviously it wasn't like the hottest thing. Um so I after that I started like doing stuff within my school because I was like, all right, let's conquer the school base, which was like crazy because 
I just established earlier that I'm not good with people and I'm a nerd. No one really fuck with me like that. So when you say conquer the school, oh yeah, what yeah, does yeah. that mean? That, that sounded a little too aggressive. I'm going uh, to conquer the school. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I would like get people in the school involved. In what? And, like uh, it was like a marketing tactic. Really, damn. Okay, young Kurt. It was. It was because I was like, well, if the kids in the school were in it, other kids in the school would want to watch it. And then I was like, we'll start there and then we'll keep working our way up. So I'd like go to Halloween and film. I would like be in school and record these little bits. I guess it was slowly getting there. It's because people would see I'm like, oh, I'm in that video. Awareness was up. So I was like, all right, we're making progress. Yeah. And I continued doing that for a while. And then I guess for a period I was like, all right, this isn't working. I kind of shut it down. And that was my first iteration of like a YouTube channel. Did you actually physically shut down, delete it? I like privated a lot of the videos and then I'll just stopped messing with it for a while. I feel like a lot of times what happens when kids will make a YouTube channel yeah. is posting every week and then it slowly tapers out to where you don't post anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like it's unintentional. Right. But with you, there's this intentional privatization yeah. of that content. So like why did you want people to see this stuff that you put out anymore uh, it's because i mean I, you could say it was because i was doing it for the wrong reasons i wanted it to just work and then when it didn't i was like ah, oh, well fuck this sucks and like let's stop i hate when people say well you shouldn't do it for the views i mean you should actually because that's what matters but you should also do it because you love doing the thing and i thought i got away from that and then i was just like i'm done I'm, I'm quitting i'm stopping obviously kurt had a surplus of creative energy that was bursting out of him so when he stopped putting that into youtube that energy had to go somewhere i would say it just kind of sat for a bit because i would just get into other stuff i was doing football i got pretty good at track it seems like less nerdy stuff Okay, just to backtrack a bit, Kurt does not look nerdy. When I saw him, he had this trendy Supreme crossbody fanny pack, so I'm like, somebody doesn't add up. So explain yourself, Kurt. I was still a giant nerd, but I also could like jump high. You know how crazy <laughs> it is to get, you're the quarterback of the football team, you still get bullied? <laughs> like why? I sucked. <laughs> I was a nerd. I didn't, I didn't like well groom myself. I was not like socially adept, but I could like run fast. So, all right, let me tell you how the lunchroom yeah, shit yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. I like, want to know everything. When you, when you, like, go into the lunchroom in high school, there are cliques, right? Either you sit with somebody or you are not eating lunch. So I was like, well, who am I going to be able to sit with? And I was like, as an African-American male, I sat with the black dudes. And most of the black dudes were like big football basketball guys i mean we'd talk but i'd still get like riffed on all the time and to the point where i was like dude i don't really want to talk but i gotta i had to pretend to be like ha huh, i'm emotionally okay <laughs> it's what fine. were they riffing on you for it's fucking everything it was like my shoes like my clothes I'm like bro your breath stinks you like you look like a fucking ugly carlton i wasn't uh like a super hood dude but I wasn't like a white kid. They kind of just made fun of me for being kind of in the group. It's like, I can't leave or I'm outcast. It's like, this is the closest thing. Yeah, yeah. So, that I, so you I just, have. yeah, so I just had to stick with it and, and bum with it. And it sucked. I'm not super mad at them because it definitely made me a better person. <laughs> Bullying's good. <laughs> I, like, their bullying made me like really want to clean up my act because most of the shit they were riffing on me was right. But they're all still assholes. Now moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we're not going to delve into that any deeper. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> as much as bullying can suck, for Kurt, it gave him the push he needed to think back to his early YouTube days and start to make a plan to win back that creative outlet, to sink his teeth into the world that he was so passionate about. My self-esteem was like low. Cause everyone was like talking shit about me. I guess it came back to the point where I was like, dude, I just need to like get away 
and to do something else. I want to I want to make something. I want to be part of something bigger that isn't just motherfuckers talking about how whack my shoes are. You know what I'm saying? That's when I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start making videos again. I guess the creative like drive kind of came back in high school. I was still on this stuff where it's like, well, I'm still lame. And I was still going with the concept I had as a kid where I was like, well, if I can get people in the school to really mess what I'm doing, maybe we could grow it from there. But since I knew the people in the school were going to see it, I attached my boy Damien, who still made fun of me, but was like, like bearable. Yeah. Because I was like, well, if Damien's in it, it'll be funny. So what what was this thing? It's called DC Talks. We'd come up with a like a social topic like side hose. One of our videos was about <laughs> side hose. So we gave our thoughts about side hose and then we go into the school and interview people. Kind of grew on this idea that like I'm not funny, but these people are, and let's bring them in to give their opinions. But one of the big ones that actually got our channel going is because we used to watch Simple Pickup, which is like when Kong and Jesse and Jason were yeah. doing their whole thing. So we're like, yo, why don't we just steal that and make it high school? So we went out to our local mall and started using cheesy pickup lines on girls and recorded it like some creeps. It was a hit. Creepy on girls was a hit. It was a hit in like what way? Um, like the people at our school actually messed with it. Like it actually started to reach outside of that. It started to get views like for us, like it was like 6,000, 7,000. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh man, one of them got like 12. And we're like, oh, now we're <laughs> actually doing it. it. We're actually doing it now. As the channel started picking up, people within the school started to look at Kurt differently. He was starting to become someone, not just someone that would be picked on, but someone that would actually be looked up to. I was like becoming a micro celebrity in the school. Teachers were looking into it. One time I was giving a regular presentation in class. It was on YouTube. We were like in this Macbeth music video, but in yeah. the hood. And then you know when like the video ends and then it shows all the recommended? It showed our video in the recommended. And I was like, but I didn't want to show up with the teacher there. The giant thing that said side hose on the <laughs> I was like, that probably not a good look, maybe. Like were you getting like subscribers and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I think we peaked at like 2,000 subs. Damn. And I was like, man. It was it was getting legit to the point where like, dude, we should go to college in like the same area to like keep this going. It ended up not working out. We were realizing at the end, like, like this stuff is cool and all, but he wanted to go to a different college and I was gonna do my own thing. Mm -hmm. So we're like, I don't think we can like keep this going. Was there any part of you that wanted to do it on your own or one of you wanted to carry on the torch? A hundred percent. No matter what, I was going to do this. I've always felt like in the back of my head, like this is what I'm going to do, period. But I wanted to do it with him too. But that's how life works. Fate isn't so gracious. When he was like, I, I gotta, I gotta leave. Yeah. What was your reaction to that? I mean, it sucked. I said this earlier, but I bought him on mostly because... I felt like I wasn't good enough on my own. I was like, I just need something good here to crutch me up. So I was like, fuck, I gotta do it on my own. I don't think I could get anyone to actually watch the videos if it's just me. Why did you feel that? Because like, it seems like you guys were equally in the videos. You were getting that minor celebrity status. Why did you feel like you weren't enough? On paper, you're right. It shouldn't have been like that. But because I have ha -ha, low self-esteem, like it's, it's just kind of how I was as a kid. Just I just didn't have a lot of faith in myself and a lot of things. And when I started getting popular in high school, like because of the channel and because I actually 
puberty started working and I looked good. <laughs> in high school, I hit like a big growth spurt face-wise. And face I started, wise. yeah, face-wise. Not like, I was tall already. I was, the face decided to fix itself last. I was getting popular. Girls were asking me out and stuff like that. And I, and I got like really good at high jump. And I ended up getting recruited to the University of Akron in Ohio. Things were looking up in that point. But even then I was like, dude, I suck. I just wasn't like too happy with myself. When he left, I knew I wanted to keep doing it, but I was like, I don't know if I can do it on my own. That kind of sucked. So I made some like test videos on my own on a different channel and I just wasn't happy with them. I never really posted them. Going into college, I was like, well, I'll come back to it later. Even though Kurt was going to a good college on a track scholarship, he still had no idea why he was even going to college. What was it all for? Luckily, his high school had the perfect solution. You ever heard of senior camp? No. What's up? All right. So, like, your school takes a bunch of the seniors who don't know what they want to do with their life and are like, all right, we'll throw you in this park and figure it out. <laughs> so, they basically put, they put us all in this park and had us, like, do a bunch of group activities to help us figure out our life direction because throwing a beanbag in a bucket is going to make me figure out oh, what to do easily. engineering, <laughs> you know. And we did this thing where we uh, sat in a circle and we're like, all right, so write down what you want to do for your career and put in this bucket. And I was sitting there like, man, like at this point I was like computer science because it made a lot of money and coding seemed fun. It wasn't like my passion, but I was like, it's computer science. But then in that moment I was like, what do I really want to do? Because, you know, the beanbag throwing stuff in the bucket was starting to work. And I was like, <laughs> I was really thinking like, what do I want actually want to do though? And then I just kind of wrote down YouTuber and I put in the bucket. And everyone guessed me because of what I had been doing earlier. I had been making videos with Damien. And I thought like, man, maybe I should do the YouTube thing. Maybe I should. And then I didn't. <laughs> I just, I was like, fuck it, what's this girl what we got? And I just kept going with the computer science thing for like my first two years of college. How is that? <laughs> Look, I like coding, but not for a grade. Yeah. I want to do it on my own and just learn it on my own. But when you got like a data structured project due in like a day and you don't understand any <laughs> of the syntax, you're like, fuck it, nah, I'm out. I was in CS for my first year. My experience with CS yeah. is either it's the most time consuming yeah. or least time consuming major you can do. Mm. And like oh, it's dude, least preach. time consuming if you're like a genius and can finish the projects in like two hours. Right. I was not that. It took me 60 hours to finish ah, a project. Same. So same. like what was it like going through the hell of CS? Oh my God. Bro, I like to build off what you said, and it especially doesn't work if you're a procrastinator. <laughs> I do my best work with 10 minutes left because my brain's like, oh, let's do the thing now. Picking up on that stuff, I was just not good at it. Like, I had to like use my classmates as a crutch. I basically like- percent. Yeah, bro. Get the smartest guy in class <laughs> yeah. like, yo, want to do the project like, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, I was like, basically having people send me their whole code. <laughs> I'm like, bro, just send me the file, dog. Just send me the file. <laughs> Kurt was definitely not a natural at computer science and he was struggling basically from the get-go. But there was one fateful assignment that changed the course of his life. So it was a project. I was in data structures, right? It was a really hard data structure that we had to make on our own. And um, I was like losing it. This was the first time when I was like, couldn't fucking grasp what the fuck to do. And my procrastination kicked in. So I was doing it last minute. And I was like, I'm not going to finish this. I, and I, and I, I panicked. I panicked. I had like, I dead ass started crying. At that point, I realized, I'm like, dude, I got to stop. So I turned in that broken code, ended up getting a C. And after that class, I switched majors. 
to what? media. This is the point where I'm like, dude, we're doing the YouTube thing. The plan literally became this. Actually, fuck college, but I'll stay here because I'm on athletic scholarship and they're going to pay for my stuff. During these last two years of college, I'm going to bust my ass, make this YouTube thing work, bar none. And then after that, I was like, all right, here we go. And then I started banging out videos on Kurt Ritchie and that's where it really started rolling. So now that Kurt decided that he really wanted to pursue YouTube, he now had to decide in what way he wanted to approach his content. And his first big hurdle was navigating his lack of self-confidence. I still had a lack of confidence. So I was like, well, since I'm boring, what can I do to make me less boring? So I was like, all right, make the whole thing animated, pseudo animated with edits and stuff. So I got like the screen, I commissioned someone to draw me a character. And I was like, Bro, all right. So like, how do you commission it? Cause I was broke in college. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> Bro. How are you commissioning people? I'm getting track money, boy. <laughs> the school was paying me to jump over bars. There's this huge thing going on where they're like, like athletes, college athletes aren't getting paid. They are actually paying us. It's just labeled differently <laughs> like they give us a living stipend yeah and like it's so you can like pay your rent and stuff but the way i did is like the stipend i got for groceries and for buying what i needed to get my youtube channel started i got a character drawn how do you find this person i, I just sent a message out into the ether on tumblr <laughs> before they got rid of porn which is when i stopped using the site uh, but, <laughs> but but um i just literally was like yo can someone draw a thing for me please for like ever I and mean, i got a message from my girl vivi and she sent me like a really dope character render i was like ah this is it boom and uh from there it was this golden and that's what i use today like same stills that i got years ago so you had your design format mm. how are you going to decide what to actually I was like, all right, let's build off what I did with DC Talks, which was social videos. And then I ask the public and put in my opinion like we did. So it was basically like a reformed version of, of DC Talks. But this time, instead of having two people, it was me and the animations. That will make up for, for missing the person. And then we'll do interviews as well. And I call the series Not So Clear. I would give my opinion on a thing and then ask the public. Who's the public? The public is a bunch of like boring college students who are just trying to get lunch. Walk into the union and try and like, can you like talk to me please about <laughs> texting? Like I enjoyed the videos I made. I hated doing it because like I said earlier, I'm a huge introvert. I sound great at talking, but I'm terrified at all times. Like just by default. So having to walk up to strangers and ask them to talk about their last relationship like we're good friends already it's just not up my alley but you forced yourself to yeah, do I it anyway my I was like, we gotta do it for the fucking content we gotta go come on kurt um anyways i quit doing that <laughs> for the same reasons i i uh it was just too much for me anxiety wise yeah and i was like and, then, and i felt the videos were starting to get too disjunct so then from there i'm like all right well what can i do instead and I think because I did those like videos for a while, I built up my confidence to be like, yo, I think I can do it by myself with just the animation. I think I can work this out. So then I just talked about things. It was just me. And that's kind of where it's become now. Yeah. It's like where I just talk about things in an animated format. It's crazy how <laughs> social anxiety was the reason why the channel's the way it is now. So shout out to social anxiety. Now that Kurt had a base to start on, he had to start molding the clay that would be the identity of his channel. 
Initially, he had no idea where to start. Anyone doing YouTube is like, bro, it's just like a shot in the dark. I don't know if this is right or wrong. I'm not getting any feedback. I can't trust the algorithm. Someone tell me what to do, please. When I was doing DC Talks, we got an email from Jump Cut. I'm like, yo, we're doing a new thing called Jump Cut, and you should join. And I pitched it to Damien. We're like, nah, at the time. But I, but now that it was just me. I'm like, fuck it, let's fucking go. It was just like, I just need any form of direction. And that's when I started to like get conceptual with things. Like start showing people my stuff, seeing how can I prove it. And at the time, I was still doing the uh, interview mix where I was talking doing interviews and I throw them on the forums I'm like what do you guys think and they'd be like oh it's good that's when things started to change is because I ended up like working my way up the forums there was one where Kong was looking at people and giving them video responses to it I have it saved to my file to this day of Kong being like dude this is actually really good I was like oh fuck because the same dude I was copying when I was like a fucking teen, yeah. seeing him say that, I was like, oh, damn. And then I was happy. And then he said, but. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Here I was like, comes. I take back wanting the criticism. Fuck. And he was like, the, the issue is that these fucking interview sessions are boring as fuck. Kong is really blunt. I was like, you're right. From there, I started like evolving into yeah. just me talking about things. Back to Kurt after the break. Kurt talked a bit how Kong helped him evolve his videos to the format they are in now but I wanted to hear it straight from the source. Hi, my name is Kong, and I'm the founder and CEO of Jump Cut. I'm also the instructor of a course called Viral Academy. This is the same course that Kurt went through and so many of our success stories have gone through as well. I remember when Kurt was going through the program, I saw his content, and um, I'm sure he'll mention this on the podcast, but there were a couple parts that were just super boring, and I think it really dragged his content down a little bit. So I'm actually super proud to see his content today and how much it has improved. I personally gave him some advice here and there, but I think the biggest help probably came from the community. He was very active on the forum. He was also very active in our Discord chat group, and he's made friends for life from this viral academy and jump cut community these friends to this day continue to provide him support give him feedback on his content help him out collaborate with him and now he's on the way to becoming a huge youtube creator it's just a matter of time until his channel just blows the fuck up so as i mentioned i'm so proud to see how much his content has improved and i'm actually extremely grateful to have him in our community because now he's helping other people who are coming up as well and he's paying it forward kong wanted to extend a special incentive for the listeners of this podcast to try the exact same program that kurt used to achieve success so go to jumpcut.com viral for a free four-part video training series that teaches you how to start your channel how to come up with video ideas and how to monetize it and stop pursuing a paycheck and start pursuing a passion and now back to kurt as the format cemented mm -hmm. what were people saying i'll put it like this reddit is a bitch man if you post something to reddit they'll like crucify you it could be like your grandpa but if it's yours they're like no who are you asshole so i was trying like, to promote your content yeah, fucking, like, what, yeah what, a, what an asshole this guy is i would post in mealtime videos reddit's got like a bunch of weird stipulations for mealtime videos they're just like all right dude just make sure it's like long enough and the whole thing is that people can eat food and watch your videos so i'm like oh perfect so i uh, just posted mine made it just long enough so i could post it in mealtime videos and then that one did well so how many views were you getting when you would post this i think for me good was like two to three k yeah. a video 
And I was like, all right, we're rolling. We're rolling for a little bit. But I wasn't seeing results fast enough. I wasn't willing to be patient. So I kept changing the content. Hoping that like something would stick. Something would stick, yeah. The way YouTube works is that everything has a percentage chance of working. Certain content only has a higher percent chance. You gotta keep doing the same thing and refining it instead of like trying a whole bunch of different things because you're alienating your old audience. But instead of trying the same thing consistently, Kurt kept changing the types of videos he would make. The first one is called Real World Guide, where I'd go into a grocery store and just make a bunch of bad puns. That, and those were the ones that did well on Reddit because they just like weird, clever stuff. But I ended up stopping doing that because, again, I wasn't seeing results like I wanted. And social anxiety again. I didn't want people looking at me weird in the Walmart. Let me cut that. Then Kurt tried his hand at movie reviews. And it's still on my channel to this day because I'm actually proud of it. Is like The Incredibles is really dark. I retold The Incredibles movie but really accenting all the times where people got fucked up. Like, I would be like, this dude died. All these people in this plane died. This guy who was like committing suicide. Oh shit, dude, I forgot. Yeah, and, and then, and then he, Mr. Incredible saved him and he sued Mr. Incredible and fought him with the lines like, like Mr. Incredible's at the press conference. Like, oh, what the fuck? Like, like, dude, I saved your life. And then the dude, I will never forget this. Like, you didn't save my life, you ruined my death. One of the things I learned in Jump Cut was like, yo, you should be polarizing. Yeah. So I kind of leaned on that. And so like, how were those videos performing? Um, pretty good. Incredibles video was like pretty solid. That's when I was like getting, I was trying to get 8K during videos and I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But after trying all these different formats, Kurt had drifted from his goal. He initially just wanted to make something that he enjoyed. It came to the point where I was like, fuck, man. It was even deeper than it wasn't working. It was like, I don't even know if I like these anymore. It felt fake. I like movies and shit. But I'm pretty sure I only started doing it because you thought it would be polarizing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like, this is this is just what'll work. This is what'll work because like people search up things. If I use things that are searchable, movies, then I'll get views. To this day, I kind of cringe about it now. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Why don't I just like take what I liked first? and then built on that and refined it to make it into something that works. And there was a moment where um, I had like a panic attack because I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know, I couldn't gauge if people liked it. I didn't, couldn't gauge if, if I liked it. Cause I was basing it off of what other people thought, whatever other people thought would work, not what I liked. I think that's like the really hard thing about chasing the algorithm yeah, is because you're always on unsteady ground. Oh, psh, being on YouTube's unsteady ground up here. I think what threw me over the edge, I was like on the toilet seeing how the video did. And I asked two friends what they thought. And then one friend was like, yo, this video's great. Good job, dude. And another friend was like, dude, this is garbage. Fuck. That helps, guys. Like, fuck. Like, garbage? Yeah, I was like, you thought it was garbage. I was like, dude, thanks for the advice. But the uh, fact that's that. That's not advice. I was like, yeah, though. thanks for the terrible critique, asshole. But <laughs> how can, like, people be like, yo, this is really good. And then some people are like, yo, this is really bad. Like, and it wasn't a question of, like, audience. I was just getting so many different signals of what yeah. people thought I should be doing. Kurt was at a loss of what to do. So he did the only thing he could do to get some perspective. He took a step back. That's when I like, I did the most influencer thing ever. And I was like, well, I'm gonna take for broke from social media for three days. I make a joke about it, but it actually worked. And this is when I finally got into the final form of Kurt Ritchie, where I am now. I took a step back. And I was like, all right, let's start from the beginning. Who am I? What do I want? And then from there, what's gonna work and what can I do? And I said, all right, fuck the movie shit. Fuck the interview shit. 
what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna talk. I just wanna talk about me. And from there, I'm like, all right, so how can we make this different? How can I make it a little bit more unique? And that turned into um, me talking about my polarizing opinions. Cause I have really, really like, odd opinions often people would be like dude what are you talking about so i was <laughs> like dude getting this from? yeah exactly exactly so i turned that into a thing and then that actually started popping people started resonating with so can it you tell me a couple like of those first ones that uh, actually started popping uh well one of them was um why I want to be poor, why looks matter, I don't want a hot wife, why I flirt with girls I don't like. It's a bunch of stuff like that. But those were my real opinions and I could feel like these were like real quality videos that people people would be like, yo, what? And then go watch it. First video did awful, but I was happy with it. So I was like, all right, it's fine. I did what I said I was going to do. And you and got was, like intrinsic value yeah, from and I got value the actual for, process. Yeah, of yeah. It. And, and it was a big character arc for me because this was the moment where I was like, I did it and it did shit, but I'm okay with that. I'm not chasing it anymore, or at least chasing it for the wrong reasons. So I was like, all right, so what from there, what can I do to make it better, but not compromise my values? And from there, I was like, what do I relate the most to? YouTube. I was like, so why you should be a sellout? And in that video, I talked about like, yo, YouTubers who like do brands, ad deals, and these like put ads on their shit who are typically seen as scummy are not bad people, bro. They're just trying to eat. Like they're not greedy. YouTube doesn't pay a whole bunch. Like they're just doing what they got to do to live. And that, and that was, and it was just an opinion. It's just the opinion I had. And then people started to mess with that. Assume I was getting like 6K per video. That one got like 10K. And it was great because I'm like, one, it's because I was doing something I liked. So often I feel like the videos that do best are not the videos that you actually want to make. Oh yeah, you know? dude, preaching to the choir. Yeah, bro, having the same type of content over your stuff yeah. is and super like, important. Again, like content that you enjoy making oh, and that's yeah. doing well, like it seems like you found like, okay, oh. shit, like I found it. I yeah, like locked on to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you hit the zeitgeist of like what you and what people want. Kurt finally found the videos that he loved to make. And as he explored what was possible with these new videos, he stumbled upon an incredible community that would push him towards YouTube success. And then from there, I did I Flirt With Girls I Don't Like. Probably, to this day, one of my favorite videos. Yeah. Um, one, because I, I took what I was doing, all right, so I was like, all right, let's flesh it out a little bit more. And I took my artist, who I talked about, Vibby, and I added her as a character to the video. I got lines from her, and I was like, all right, so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, but I'm gonna add a secondary person to like bounce off with. And I love that video, and it did well. I was like, all right, so now we're gonna start like collabing with like bigger, bigger YouTubers. I hit up my girl, Tab, who I saw like earlier. She's like at a million right now. How did you become integrated in this community? Like I know with a lot of social media stuff, like people won't look at you if you don't have like, if you're not like plus or minus 5% yeah, of, like, their, like, of their channel, you, you know? <laughs> and so. Not a blue check? Yeah. But like, it, it seems like this community that you've found yourself in yeah. is more accepting or like more willing oh, to work yeah. with each other. So oh, yeah. like, how did you find yourself becoming like in it? As I said, I'm not like an animator but I have a drawn character. One day I posted a video, one of my, this is when I was doing Not So Clear. This other black dude was like, yo, this video's dope. There's not a lot of black animators like on the platform. He like added me on Twitter. His name was like U-Tunes, uh, Darren. 
he like was like the first person to integrate me into the animation community, which is just a bunch of artists. And their main thing is talking to people online who about the same interests that they have. He introduced me to like Discord. I joined the server that they developed full of animation YouTubers. So I was like, yo, these people are huge. Why are they talking to us? The big guy, the biggest dude at the top right now, James, the odd one's out. He kind of set this precedent of like working with smaller creators. Often small creators would hit him up and he would send them lines for their videos and help them get exposure on the platform because his name is so out there that their videos would get traction too. And it would get views, like big views if it's good. Yeah. From there, it just kind of set the precedent for everyone to kind of be connected at any size. That's and, so cool. Yeah, and, I, and, and we're so lucky to have that. Like, There are not many communities like oh, that. No, no. I don't think there's a single community who is as in it as we are. Like, I was talking to Christian Frugal Aesthetic. He's in the fashion community. And at VidCon, he's like, yeah, no one. No one, like, goes to VidCon. We all just kind of do our own thing. And then you take us, all these creators at different levels just want to come together. There's no one else who does that. None. There's a picture online of a bunch of skinny, mixed-race people <laughs> all in one picture at the beach. There's at least 60 people on that beach, and that's the whole community. We all got together to do this thing. And there's people from, like, 1,000 subs, 10, 100 subs, that's all the so way up cool. to, like— seven eight million on that beach there's and no this, like bar for entry besides this interest yeah don't be an asshole <laughs> and uh, yeah that's the only bar like don't be a dickhead <laughs> and then really that's it like if you're a cool person and we in your content especially if your content's cool like we love to mess with you like yeah. for real and i love the community for that reason i gotta give a lot of props to them because of that not only was Kurt getting positive feedback from the animation community, but he was also getting support from his audience. Everyone seemed to click with what Kurt was doing, and he was positioned just right to succeed on YouTube. The, the best comment you can get to this day is like, you're so underrated. I love that comment, and I was getting a lot of those. I was like, oh, here we go. And it was this stuff like, dude, you like, like I really relate to you. Like, I really resonate with you and stuff like that, which is probably the most important ones, too, to me. Yeah. Because the way I present myself, videos that you'll see are, like, really titled really bad. It sounds like a really poor idea. But then what I aim for every time is that when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, shit, we're both bad <laughs> like we're both like we both like i relate to you like really hard to what you're saying like because i talk about like at the end of the day i'll talk about like social anxiety talk about not thinking you're enough uh thinking you deserve something more or right, and on the less deep end of the spectrum wanting to have sex with an anime girl but stuff people like can be like dude that's me too yeah and I mean, that's what it's become and, and seeing that that's usually what i'd see in the comments and that's when i was like man and things started just clicking okay so tell me about that time that it like really clicked so the key with my videos was like they got to be super polarizing and super relatable at the end of the day i i just thought of this story of when i was at like this waffle house with my friends and they were getting mad at me because i didn't want to date a really attractive girl i like i was like she's like too hot i'm like nah i was like dude i could turn that into a video it's polarizing so people would be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And at the end of it, you could relate. And to spoil my own video and ruin, uh, ruin any chance of anyone clicking, basically it's about insecurity. It's like, I don't think I'm good enough to have that, but I want to work to get there eventually. Yeah. So I'll say like, like this, as I said, I'm in the animation community, so you can work with other YouTubers. I knew that video concept was going to work. 
I had a strong like idea that it's gonna work. So I was like, all right, let me attach someone to this real quick. And I hit up my girl, Emma Richu. She was at a million at the time as well. She was like, oh yeah, for sure, I'll send you lines. I remember the day when it like really blew up and I was like screaming and running around the house. <laughs> I was like, yo, let's go. We did it, baby. This is it. Like, and man, like that was such a great feeling uh, knowing that it all paid off. Yeah. And, and, and that I was doing something I was really into. Yeah, today it's got like a million views. Kurt had achieved that childhood dream of posting something and getting one million views. He made it. He was on cloud nine. All my YouTube friends are like, dude, you gotta ride the wave, which essentially means stay consistent, just post. So I'm like, all right, I'm at the point where I just need to post content. Just keep it going and roll with the flow. This is the job. Just do what you gotta do and slowly grow from here. But like most things in life, we can't expect to have positive gains forever. At some point, things are going to end. And for Kurt, things began dipping quickly. His exhilaration was short-lived. One, I fucked up because I waited like a month and some change to post again. And if you heard of the 28-day rule, it means like your channel would depreciate just a little bit. And I posted that video and it ended up called Why Stalking is Okay. My first sponsorship. And then that video did not do that hot at all. At the time, I thought it was because I'd waited so long. And I was like, fuck, like, did I like lose like a lot of my audience? My sub, my sub views were down. I was like, hmm. So that's when I was like, all right, this YouTube thing, it's great that I'm here and I wouldn't rather do anything else, but it's not simple. Like once you make it, there are still a lot of technical things you gotta do. Once you're in the algorithm, it's like, oh, you gotta play the game a little bit different. It's like you being an egg and like this like chomp that's just constantly looking to smash you and you're just like dodging and wiggling <laughs> through the whole time like one wrong move and you're like, and you're gone so i'm like all right noted kind of fucked up that sponsorship and then from here is where i'm kind of at now i'm kind of trying to refine myself again and you're probably thinking why well it's because the youtube's kind of changed as i've said earlier my content is really polarizing it's more adult i make more adult jokes and stuff like that. YouTube's make a switch to content that's super, super brand friendly. The video I put out, why TV gave me mass anxiety, views cut like in half again. I was really at a loss because I'm like, man, I thought I like made it. You think you're done, but you're not. Getting there is great, but there's still a lot of like little logistical shit you yeah, gotta you do. Yeah, you think you achieved that childhood dream of I put something out and it got a million views. Yeah. Right? Yes. And and you think that's making it. Yeah. But like you have to consistently make it. Yeah. It's not like just like a pinpoint. Exactly. It's like a, a continuous road. So that's when I learn I'm like, we're not done. I have to keep evolving. And that's where I am now. I'm still like happy that I get to do this. I'd rather be stressed doing this than anything else. But it doesn't mean you can stay stagnant. So what I'm doing now and what I'm in the process of testing is still polarizing, but not polarizing in a way that's I manipulate women for fun, question mark. It's more like, oh, really? It's still the same content that I'm doing, but it's going to be a little bit more friendly, a little bit more fresh, but I'm still going to be bringing me. Because at the core, it's going to be mean. Because if you're going to be making content, it has to be you at the center of it or you're going to burn out. And it's, yeah. and it's not going to be the same. It's going to be fake. And the people can feel that. The platforms are always going to change. People change. How the world works has changed crazy. Yeah. It's this thing called pivoting where you have to be prepared to change with the times. I get to keep competing. Let's do it. Let's figure this thing out and we'll try again. We'll try again. I'm never, I'm never going to stop. This is what I've always wanted. 
out of myself is to put my opinions out into the world and have people listen. And like, even since I was a little kid, I'm like, this is what I'm going to end up doing. Now I'm here and it's, there's a chance that it could be taken away. I'm like, nah, man, it's not over yet. Um, and I'm feeling like really great about bringing it back. I'm basically saying like, yo, the channel isn't as doing as well as it is. And I'm excited. So, <laughs> you know, I'm excited. That, that's the next video. Yeah, that's the next video. Kurt is excited for this next chapter in his struggle to the top of YouTube. And you know what? I think he's going to make it. This is someone who has been passionate about YouTube from the beginning. He grew up with YouTubers as his role models, his friends, and almost his family. YouTube has touched every part of his life, and if anyone can succeed, I think it will be Kurt. It looks like Kurt's projections are already coming true. His last video pushed him out of his rut, and he's on the upswing with almost 70,000 views, close to twice what his last four videos did in the same amount of time. He's getting there, and I'm excited to see where this success leads him. And you can find this success too through Viral Academy. We have a ton of courses and a really helpful forum that can help you achieve YouTube success. So don't delay. Go to jumpcut.com slash podcast.